0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm excited to announce that we are celebrating our 1 year anniversary. Yeah. La 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 la. <laughs>
1: bruh,
0: bruh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome back to Heine House Live. Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and and technology. technology. Heiny House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community Discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Nice. Winner.
1: Winner. 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 Winner.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. So good to see you all. Thank you for kicking it with me. I'm your good friend, Jason Heine. This is the Heine House Live Gaming and Tech Podcast. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited because um, it kind of creeped up on us, didn't it? I didn't realize that we're celebrating one year anniversary of this show. Uh, We've come a long way, haven't we? We've, uh, what have we done? So we started out in the other room in the other studio, we have since migrated over here to this podcasting area um got the backdrop built it out uh we're 44 episodes in this is fantastic um there's been lots of growth lots of um change but overall i think uh the core uh the core concept and core values of the show have remained the same high quality fun content that you can enjoy um there's something that i've always worked for in doing the podcast kind of like just hanging out with friends, having a conversation. That's what it's about. Something you can enjoy. Um, great flow, great, great talking, and some great comedy in here and there. So, and of course, community focused. Yes. Heinehouse.com is the website, of course, social media everywhere at Heinehouse. You guys know the drill. The hotline, five zero three-nine zero eight fifty-four and ninety. Get at me. Would love to talk. Uh, maybe, maybe if you want to talk about maybe what was some uh, a favorite memory or, or Favorite something that happened in the last year on the podcast, maybe a funny... Actually, you know what? I will ask this. If, if you're really a hardcore fan of the show and you have a, a funny moment, this would be actually great. This would be really helpful for me. If you have a funny moment that you thought was great, like uh, Susan, you know, Susan's definitely a moment. Fuck! Susan! <laughs> maybe that's a moment. That's definitely going to be on the list. But if you have a moment um, and you know where it is, timestamp it. Like, Let me know the episode and where it is uh timestamp and then I'm going to compile like the best of for the year and make a little video about it. So that would be really really helpful. You'd also call me up and we can talk about it and uh, have a good laugh. All right? I'd like that. That'd be great. Uh we're going to talk about some stuff, really really cool. Um we're going to talk about some some gaming news, some random news, some tech stuff and then uh, later on we're going to have a guest on. Ooh, yes, a guest, my first guest ever. Really really cool. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm going to have on. We're going to talk about some gaming OSTs and some other stuff. So it's going to be really, really cool. So stick around for that. How about some random news? Um, so this is really cool. This news came out last week. So more about Elon Musk and the Cybertruck, which, of course, I am partial to. I really like because it looks like a a car or a truck right out of like a virtual racing or a hotshot racing. Ho! Hey! How about that a little teaser? Uh, it looks really cool because it looks kind of like flat shaded polygon. And I just love that. But anyway, Hey, this is some really cool technology that Elon Musk was talking about on Twitter. He actually had a series of tweets that he was talking with the community. And this is what he was saying is that the, the Cybertruck is going to have a payload calculator that will change uh, based on the load that you're hauling. It's going to basically, like, real-time, completely analyze everything about the truck and what's happening to give the driver a readout of, of important stats and vitals, almost. That's going to be really beneficial. Um, real-time data. Help drivers understand how the extra load affects the pickup truck and the vehicle's driving experience. Elon Musk confirmed this in a series of tweets. Um, He says on here, quote, yes, we will also show this is in the middle of like some other conversation. He said, quote, yes, we will also show real time changes to max acceleration, braking, cornering, speed uh, and range. uh, Factoring in the route elevation changes, cargo, tow mass and drag impact, he wrote. What? This is crazy. Now, uh, talking about this and thinking about this, like really sparked my uh, interest because... Now, some trucks have something kind of like this, right, to where, like, they will change their um, engine management depending on if you have low or high loads on the tow. Like, you could put it in, like, tow mode, right? You just hit the button, and it pulls a little picture of a trailer on your dash. You're like, okay, I'm towing. So it goes into, like, a default towing mode. Gives you a little bit, low, a little bit more low-end torque. You know, it, it definitely understands that you have a load in the back, and you're trying to tow that. But this, having it actually be real-time and change depending on the weight, like, this is crazy. Like, this could change and revolutionize the uh, truck industry. <laughs> like, Elon Musk, like, doing it again. Like, I don't know. This is all—we don't know yet. The truck's not out. But if he—I mean, he says this is going to happen. It's going to be there. So, I, I, dude, with Elon Musk, I kind of believe the dude. You know, he's just crazy. He, he, He's one of those guys who's just like— well, why not do that? Why not? He doesn't He doesn't look at the problems. He doesn't look at the limitations. He's just like, fuck it. Let's just do it. It's great. A man's got a bunch of money to just invest in this stuff. I think it's great. We need innovators. He's definitely an innovator. Love him or hate him. You got to give him that. So really cool stuff for the Cybertruck. I think that's great. And I think that will change a lot in the truck industry uh, once that truck is released. Very, very cool. Uh, what's up with food? Yeah, we know we got to talk about some sort of food here. Um, Burger King... Is back at it again And news. the news flash is Their burgers are so shitty That they removed The actual burger from their burgers Yes, it's, it's, it's true <laughs> They're calling it the Chip Buddy Or Butty B-U-T-T-Y The Chip Buddy And it's basically a burger with nothing but fries Looks like ketchup, mayo And some bacon Alright It's for real son, I got a picture I'll show you guys here If I can just get my laggy iPad to stop doing stuff. Here it is. The chip buddy. (sighs) And here's my problem. (laughs) Like that, that's probably going to be like, you know, a fun little snack or whatever. But reality is that is going to be one sloppy, shitty mess. Think about it. Have you ever seen like real burgers in the picture or fake burgers in the pictures and then real burgers when you order them? It's a mess. That is going to be a wrapper full of mayo, soggy fries, and a bun that's hanging off there sideways and just shit everywhere. And you know it's true. And um, I would still try one. No mayo. I don't do mayo. But uh, I would give it a whirl. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Very interesting stuff there. <laughs> the chip, buddy. What the fuck? Um, excited a round of applause. I actually got Rage tickets. What? Whoa! Yeah, so no, I can't, I can't get on here and complain about shit anymore. Yeah, they added a second show um, on the uh, the first April first, and uh, I was able to. Can't rage I can't rage anymore. Exactly, can't rage. Gonna go, gonna go rage at rage though. Uh, yeah, they announced a second show in some cities where they had massive issues with Ticketmaster gouging and scalpers gouging and. Uh, Ticketmaster fucking all of us over With their surge pricing And so anyway um, Tom Morello went on Twitter There's a whole backstory to this He was saying like Fuck Ticketmaster I'm going to sue you If you keep doing this You can't be surge pricing Have them all be face value We have other tickets that are um, Charity tickets that are more expensive And all that goes to charity There's a huge thing And so this is actually Really interesting thing because they listened to the community. They saw what was going on and they actually took action. Now, not everyone is going to be able to go to the show even still. You know what I mean? Like it's, it still doesn't help everyone, but it helps the majority of people. And I think that's great. I was able to get on and I got a pair of tickets. So that's great. And I got them for face value. Now I'm going to say it's an expensive ass ticket. I know a lot of people have been like in the comments, like, holy shit, I got front row at Primus. Holy shit. I got front row at You know, this concert, that concert, I saw lots of people talking about concerts where it's like half the price, half the price. Um, I don't know. I can't really comment on that. It's just the fact that, yeah, the tickets are expensive. They're $125 a piece. And that is a very... For me, that's a very expensive concert ticket. Uh, We went and saw Chromio a handful of times. We saw Depeche Mode stuff. We saw... I mean, shit. We went and we saw Justin Timberlake, for fuck's sake. We saw him here at the arena. Now, those were expensive. Way more expensive than that. But... Weren't they? I thought they were. I thought you paid like somewhere around like two hundred or something, a ticket. Was it for two? Oh shit! If that's more than Justin Timberlake, I'm about ready. I'm gonna rage. I'm gonna go crazy. She got me Justin Timberlake tickets back in 2014. Yeah, or 2015, I think, for the uh, 2020 Experience Tour, and it was an, an arena concert, and it was fantastic. Loved it. Completely packed. It was a great show. But anyway, so yeah. Anyway, new bottom line is I got tickets. I got on there. At the time, they said, I, got, I waited in queue. There were 2,000 people in front of me, whatever. Went through the whole process, got the tickets, check out, boom, we're good to go. So we're sitting somewhere in the middle of nosebleed. But hey, I don't really care. We're going to the show. I'm happy. And uh, I, last time I saw Rage, I was, I'm very thankful. I did see them in, I think, 1999 or 98, somewhere in there. And that was amazing. And I cannot wait. So it's been over 20 years since I saw them. Well, it's been over 20 years since they were playing, really. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Hey, um, uh, toy fair stuff. If you have the update on the tickets, let me know, just holler out and I'll get, I'll let them know. Um, the toy fair 2020 happened in New York, uh, last, actually this is two weekends ago at this point, but there was some really cool stuff at the toy fair. I'm not going to go through a huge breakdown of all that, but I wanted to bring attention to one thing. Gizmondo reported this seeing Hasbro was there. All right. They had a whole bunch of stuff, of course, but one interesting thing was they had their tiger handheld Line of games there. Remember those from the 80s and 90s? Those little handheld games that had like buttons on the left and right with like an LCD screen on it. You got the ticket? $228 for two people? Oh, shit. These tickets were more than that. All right, now I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. This is 2013. Okay, shit, 2013. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, I think with taxes and everything, it, it was like 240 or something for uh for two tickets. Crazy. Um, okay. Yeah, but you guys remember these from Tiger? Tiger handheld games. So they were there, and they have a line of these coming back, which is really, really cool. Um and I don't know, if you guys ever played these, this was like, I don't want to say it's pre-video games, because we had we had NES and Master System and things like that when these were coming out. But they were almost like I don't know it was just kind of like a portable thing you put in your backpack take to school maybe and just play on your lunch break or or do whatever like it was kind of fun to have but they weren't all that fun the LCD screen it's almost like you know it's it's static it has like a picture of the background and then it has just like little things that move like they're and then you have to hit the button at the right time like someone goes to like swing a sword at you and you have to like hit left and then like dodge it's like frame by frame type thing. If you haven't played it, that's a little explanation for you. And I know I just really sold you on them. <laughs> I know I really sold you on those. I know you want those. But uh, here's a picture. I got a picture of these. Check them out. Isn't that cool? So here's like Little Mermaid. So it shows the new ones in, in the package. And then here's an old, older version below just to show what they are. There's Little Mermaid, Transformers, X-Men, and Sonic 3. Aren't those cool? I think they're really, really cool. What I've noticed on, on Little Mermaid and also on Sonic is that they got rid of the D-pad. See that just an up and down. Oh, that's all you need, in I used to have the Little Mermaid one. So but the picture shows the one in the package shows a. D- oh wait a minute. No, I'm just the other way around. You're right. So the ones that you had from the eighties are just up and down. Oh, I don't know. I'm tripping out because they're they're flip flopped. So Little Mermaid has... The new one has a D-pad and the, the original one was up and down. So now they must have added a left and right to that game. But Sonic, over here, Sonic 3 has... The original one has a D-pad and the new one just has up and down. So like they got rid of left and right. And the picture is different. So I'm like analyzing this now. It looks like they're changing the gameplay on some of these. I don't know. Still, it's, it's pretty cool to see. I think it's really cool that they're bringing that stuff back. You know, we're all nostalgic. It's time. It's time. Folks, is it GIF or Jif? Damn it. Stop it. Get some help. I've been calling it GIF forever. G-I-F. And we know that the person who created it says, no, it's actually Jif with a J, like Jif. All right. Steph's over here. You know what? Just so you guys know, I set up a microphone for her today, but I need a preamp for it because I couldn't get It's too, too low and it's all hissy, but she's got a microphone. I'm going to set her up so she can talk some shit. She's talking shit to me right now. She's like, yeah, it's, it's Jeff. It's no problem at all. Here's the thing. Jeff peanut butter is getting in. They're settling the debate. They're settling it. They're putting an end to it. They are releasing limited edition uh, jar of GIF or G-G-I-F peanut butter in collaboration with the GIF Jiffy people um, to show that uh, it's settled. And it's Jif. They're saying, hey, look, you pronounce ours Jif. You pronounce this GIF. It's settled. <sighs> They're getting together with the JM Smucker Company. The brand's manufacturer, of course. They said all this in a press release. Um, Yeah. You're really mad about that. I just, no, I'm not mad about it. What I am is confused. <laughs> I'm very confused because... Uh, for, hold on. First of all, let me just zoom in on these jars. Let me show people these jars. They're really cool looking. I'm con- Here's why I, I'm not mad. I'm just confused because the thing about it, is what does GIF GIF? What does it stand for? Graphic Interchange Format. Right? Yeah, that's right. Graphic Interchange Format. I said that right, right? It is right. So, graphic. It's a G. Do you, you go by General General Jason? I go by General Jason. Not General. Not General. Not. What what are you're just talking about? Graphs. It's Giraffe, gi, giraffes, so it's giraffes. But, but graphic isn't with a, you don't pronounce graphic. You pronounce it with a g, graphic, not giraffic. It's it's hard or soft, right? A soft g or or whatever, hard g, hard g up, g up from the feet up. It's just bullshit. Why don't you just name it J I F and just and it's oh my god, why why is this so? I think I'm so, I'm just, you know what? I said this earlier. I'm calling it Giffy Jiffy from here on out. That's what I'm calling it. Giffy Jiffy. That makes everyone happy. Even me. <laughs> I actually really want, I, I, yeah, I know. Everyone's going to be writing in like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I actually want, oh, look, it says on here, hard G and soft G. It says it on the package. Oh, that's funny. GIF. 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 Fucking hilarious. What's wrong with you? Oh my God. Uh want to give a, a thanks to everyone who we've had a, a busy and very amazing last couple of weeks. Uh the announcement of Hotshot Racing, which is the game that I've been working on for really the past four years, five years. Um, I've doing the soundtrack for it. It's called Hotshot Racing. Last time I announced it, and uh it was still called Racing Apex at the time. I couldn't talk about it, but it is called Hotshot Racing. Sumo Digital's involved. Lucky Mountain Games, Curve Digital is publishing it. This has been fantastic. I want to just thank everyone for their positivity, kind comments. They've been Steam wishlisting it. Everyone's been writing me. It's been so great. Honestly, I'm so so happy. Out of out of my entire entertainment career, I think this is one of the biggest moments for me. I'm I'm involved making a soundtrack to a game that one I truly believe in and truly love. I love virtual racing. I love stun runner. I love hard drive and race drive and all these games that were flat shaded polygons that changed my life. In when I was a kid playing them, I remember playing in uh, virtual racing in 92. I remember playing uh, hard drive and within the cockpit at our local pizza joint. When I was a kid, I remember turning the key and I remember using the pedals, not knowing like what's this left pedal. Like it's a clutch and shifter. Like I didn't know how to use it. And I tried to teach myself and learn like these are moments I remember. And then later on, here I am in my adult life doing a soundtrack to a game that is a throwback to that from developers and publishers who understand that scene, who understand nineties racing, lucky mountain games, my man, Trev, he's, he's, this is his mastermind. This is his baby. Like he, he helped with so many great, great racing games. He worked at rockstar London. Like this guy is incredible. He knows, uh, grand theft auto burnout paradise. He did, um, a bunch of games for EA. Like he, he understands the sort of thing. So like, it's so exciting for me. Like you can obviously tell I'm super passionate about it, but, uh, and then of course the grand slam home, which I couldn't announce. I knew this a while ago, but sumo digital. Hello. I mean, the game is being developed by sumo. These are the Sega arcade racing masterminds outrun. Hello. I mean, it's just so incredible. There's, uh, I'm so excited, man. I am so, so excited. um, I promise you, you won't be disappointed in the game. It's going to be fantastic. So go to Steam, check out Hotshot Racing, wishlist it. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get down. It's going to be eight-player multiplayer racing. I'm going to be having this on. It's going to be on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PC, uh, four-player local split screen, just like old school days, eight-player online. Oh, so good. So good. I did 12 songs on the game, and I cannot wait for you guys to play it. I just want to thank you all again. It's been really an amazing, amazing week. I'm, I'm underselling it. Like I'm so excited. Um, and lastly, in random news, I got a pair of the, uh, uh, super Nintendo wireless controllers uh, for switch. They finally became in stock. If you're listening to this right now and you want those go to Nintendo store right now and order them, log into your account and order them because they will sell out. They did that last time and they weren't in stock for what? Five months, four months. I think it was crazy. Um, so yeah, we actually bought four of them. I wanted to have four. Oh, thank you. I wrote on here too. show them. I just forgot to grab them. Here they are. Thanks, Steph. And what's nice about these is I love the fact that they are official. See, I've got my camera on manual zoom. So it's going to, it's going to probably not zoom it in right, but they have great weight to them. You know, on the first party stuff, you have the controller, uh, the cable that comes on the top and kind of has a little weight to it. But this, it's almost like because of the battery and stuff in there, it has good weight. It doesn't feel like a cheap piece of shit. This thing is really, really nice. It's got L and R. You got ZL, ZR up top. All the buttons are like legit. Like h- here comes some ASMR. Was that nice? You want some more? That's really nice. You want some more? Oh. You want some more? This is some... Okay, here comes my ASMR test. We're going to be playing on the Super Nintendo. We're going to be touching the controllers like this. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't moan, do they? I don't think they do. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't do that. Here we go. Uh, it's, mine's a little different ASMR. But that's nice. Hold on. Let me, a little that. let me give you a little bit of that D-pad. How about a little how about a little A? How about a little A button? Okay, enough of that. I'm horny now. Okay, this is here. It is in the box, you can see. Very, very nice. But uh, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're a little overpriced. They're 30 bucks a pop. That's kind of spendy, uh, for sure. But I think it's worth it to get first party. The fact that we are we can get brand, I'm trying to get the glare, brand new first party from Nintendo directly, official controllers for their Super Nintendo games and their NES games. They have the NES controllers as well. I think it's amazing. Put it like this, folks. If Nintendo offered... Actually, this is something I talked about on All Gen Gamers years ago. Years ago. If Nintendo were to offer brand new controllers for their old consoles, if they were to offer brand new wired controllers for their Super Nintendo, their N64, if they offered brand new N64 controllers with joysticks... All this, would you, would you spend 15, 20, 30 bucks on one? Would you buy one? And my answer would be, hell yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely would. Remember folks, at that time, this was years ago, gosh, almost maybe eight, nine years ago, we were talking about this. There wasn't RetroBit, there wasn't all these um, brawler, there wasn't all these companies doing aftermarket, high quality third-party stuff. Hell, I imported fucking Hori N64 controllers from Japan. Stephanie bought one off of P-Door. And he shipped it out to her, you know, like we bought the Hori mini pads because that was the best way to get a proper like controller style with the joystick and stuff. Um, But now there's tons of options. I mean, hell, I I even saw um, RetroBit, I think they're bringing out a Dreamcast one next week or two weeks that is like official. Um, That looks really, really nice. And I think I actually kickstarted, I helped him kickstart it, which is really cool. But So yeah, like get these, they're fantastic. I would absolutely do that. Why not? Hey, now he's got to get a few games on there to play that are good. Oh, I'm just kidding. There's some good games on there. But they need to quit releasing these fucking shitty ass games. Give us some good stuff. Right, right, right. All right, we're going to say uh, goodbye to that because ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week in gaming history, even though it's a week later because last week we didn't do it, so it's a week after, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. There's some really great stuff in this week and I didn't want to miss it. Some really, really cool stuff. Um, March 2nd, in 1998, Wario Land 2 on Game Boy was released. Very, very nice. How about um, 1999, Snowboard Kids 2 on the N64 was released. Ah, The amazing, the incredible, the best in the series. Yeah, I'm calling it the best. In 2010, Battlefield, Bad Company 2 on PC, PS3, and 360 was released. Amazing. That's a, that's a comfortable game. I go back to and like to like to play and casually jump in. It's still fun. Uh, how about 2018? Turok Two: Seas of Evil Remaster on Xbox One. Very cool. Two years ago. Jeez, where time is flying. Uh, move on to the next day on March third in 2009. Halo Wars on 360. In 2009, Fantasy Star Portable on PSP. 2017. Oh my gosh. Round of applause. The Nintendo Switch console was released. And of course, all of the launch games once you switch Tetris, Shovel Knight, Bomberman, Breath of the Wild, so on and so on. Amazing. Amazing. That console is doing so well for Nintendo. We love it. Happy birthday Nintendo Switch. Uh, Moving on to the next day, March 4th in 1994. King of Dragons on Super Nintendo. We just played this. We just went through it. So fun. Very fun game. Great beat-em-up. King of Dragons and also Knights of the Round. Those are really good games too. They, they, you know, when you say those games, you have to say it like that. You can't just be like, oh, King of Dragons, Knights of the Round. No, you have to be like, you have to be like from Camelot, like King of Dragons and the Knights of the Round. And then maybe Mr. Monocle makes an appearance. Oh, let me inspect this table a little closer with my monocle. Is the table square or is it round? Hmm. According to my monocle, it's round. See it? So just practice that. Practice it in the mirror, but you got to say it that way. Don't worry, everyone will understand. How about 1999? Pepsi Man on PS1 in Japan. I've seen people speedrun that on a uh, AGDQ. Hilarious, so good. Pepsi man, and two thousand folks, round of applause. We have the PlayStation Two console, yes, right here. This is my Japanese all white ceramic white. Look at that beautiful console. Love it. I love it. They have. They always had great colors. They have a yellow one and a blue one and the white one. I always wanted to collect all of them just because the colors are so cool. But I settled. I said, let's just settle. I'll get the ceramic white because that looks really, really cool. And I really want the yellow one. I think that one looks badass. But again, PlayStation 2 console, one of the absolute greatest consoles to ever come out, period. It really is, folks. It really, really is. Is this console in your top five? It better be. Is it in your top three? Probably, probably should be. It's really, really great. You now, I saw some comments earlier. People were talking about the PS2 and how amazing it is. and Some people were saying, you know, like, their, their argument is the console was so amazing just because it had uh, so many games, but just a, a ton of average games. No really good, good games. And I don't know. I think there's a little truth to that because it did have a lot of games because it was so popular. But I don't know. It's almost like saying the Wii isn't good because of the same reason. And... Although the Wii has more shovelware than any console ever made. I really believe that even more than the PlayStation 2. It's still a great console. So I don't know. I don't agree with that completely. I do think it has a bunch of shovelware. Yes, of course. Any, any console that's successful. Take switch for instance. I bet you if you go into the eShop and you go just cruise through there, you're probably, well, I don't know. Nintendo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're seeing on Steam too. Steph goes, you probably see a bunch of mobile games. Yes, absolutely. That's the big issue today is we have people who are making mobile games and they're just pushing it to like the eShop and, and whatever. And it's just complete shit show. It's complete garbage. Hey, don't do that. If you have a mobile game, make it a mobile game. Okay. If you're going to do it for console, try not to push it to a console, you know, remake it. Fuck man. When I, when I look at a game and I see it still has all the pictures and the interface from mobile with all the touch areas on the screen, I'm like, come the fuck on man. Come on, man. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Uh, Let's move on to the next day. Oh, no. We have one more in this day. March 4th in 2001. I can't forget this one. Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64. The game that was pulled off the shelves at Toys R Us and Walmart in 2001. Pulled from the shelves. We will not be selling this game to children. Even though it clearly stated its ratings. The ESRB had rated it. But you know what? We're all for the kids. Well... Let's, uh, let's just leave that at that. Uh, March 5th, in 2004, River City Ransom EX on Game Boy Advance in Japan. 2012, Mass Effect 3 on PS3. And 2013, Arma 3 on PC was released. Remember Arma 3? That, that pretty much changed a lot for the old tactical hide and seek type shooter. Very, very good. Fun game. Uh, March 6th, in 2002, Gauntlet Dark Legacy on GameCube, great, great co-op, fun, fun playing game. Um, also, um, Dark Legacy and Gauntlet Legends, both those are like two games you really should have in your collection. GameCube, original Xbox, and PlayStation Two, I believe, uh, is what they were released on. In 2007, Burnout Dominator on PS2 and PSP was released. That was March 6th, folks. We got two days left here. March 7th in 2000. Hot Shots Golf 2 on PS1, 2006 Burnout Revenge on 360, 2013 Sonic Dash on iOS, and 2016 Tom Clancy's The Division on PC, 2017 Ghost Recon Wildlands on PS4 and Xbox One, and 2019 Devil May Cry 5 on PC. Amazing games, right? And how about the last final day here, March 8th? Today, as of recording this, 1993, The Terminator on Sega CD. 2000, Command & Conquer, Tiberian Sun Firestorm. That was the DLC for that. in PC. And 2007, Heroes of Mana in Japan for Game Boy Advance. 2011, Dragon Age 2 on Mac, PC, PS3, and 360. Wow. that was I remember when that came out, man. People were talking about that. The original Dragon Age did really well, too. Very, very popular. And finally, in 2013, Euro Truck Simulator on PC. Incredible games. Happy birthday, Switch and PlayStation 2. We love you.
1: What's wrong with you?
0: Very, very good stuff right there. That was this week in gaming history. Now, let's move on to some gaming news. There's some stuff that's been going on uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, This is something that's been pretty much reported on all last week uh, and even this week, too. But Xbox Series X... Uh, Microsoft has released new specs about it. 12 teraflops. That's the big thing. Flippity flops. Oh, it's a flip flop. 12 teraflippity flippity flippity flop flops. What's a flip flop? What's a flippity? What's a teraflop? Who knows? Who cares? Let me just break it down for you real quick. Fancy term for processing power, folks. Fancy term for processing power. Do you remember back in the day when we were having, I call it the bit wars. We all call it the bit wars. 8-bit. 16 bit, 64 bit. And everyone's like, Jaguar was like, it's in the bits, check the bits. We've got more bits, so we're better. And of course, we found out that was complete bullshit, right? There's a lot of factors that play a role optimization, uh, being able to develop for hardware, software, being able people to understand their software and optimize it for the hardware. There's a whole bunch of things involved. How difficult is your architecture? You know, there's a lot of variables that play a role, not just about how many bits. We obviously learned that Jaguar told us we can make shitty games on a 128-bit console or 64-bit console. Nintendo 64, how about that? 64-bit console was very difficult to develop for. Third-party developers had issues because of the architecture. It was so difficult. It was so new and the fact that they stayed on cartridge. Staying on cartridge was smart and not smart because it was difficult for developers to develop for. We had... Major issues with that. So we didn't get a lot of games. That's why the library on N64 is very small. Um, And also, I mean, that's why the first party games are great, right? Because Nintendo, it's their architecture. They get it. They have to develop for it. But yeah, it made it very difficult. And developers didn't want to be like, look, I'm developing a game that's going to fit on a compact disc, a CD, you know, CD-ROM. And I'm going to have to compress and take shit out and then make a pretty much like light version for the console for your 64. Like that was a lot of extra work they had to do. They had to figure that out. They didn't want to do it. There's a whole, there's a whole conversation about this. So yeah, it was very interesting. So when I see all this stuff, I just laugh internally. I laugh because like when I'm building a PC or going to buy a console, I don't give two fucks about any teraflops it has. I don't give a shit. I care about how fast a processor is, how many cores it has. I care about how much RAM I have. What does, how much onboard RAM does my, my video card have? Like, these are all like, what power supply do I need? Right. Am I going to expand this PC? Do I need a, a 500 or an 800 power supply? You know, like, do I need a, you know, one kilowatt? Do I, am I going crazy? You know, it's, these are all questions that you answer, you ask today, but the teraflop stuff, it's pretty funny. And I'm not talking shit about it. I'm just saying It's funny. My whole point in this, folks, is that look how far we've come with computing. Look how far we've come with technology. I think this is great. We've come so far that we're not even talking about anything else except fucking teraflops. We're talking about teraflops. The consoles are so good right now. Like, the technology is there. Everything is so good. This is a a great time to be a gamer. We have amazing hardware, amazing software being written. And the gaming experience is just fantastic. It, it really is. So don't get too concerned about the whole teraflop thing. It's the fancy term for processing. Um, that's what it means in the real world. Um, they had some other buzzword keyword stuff that I'll talk about. We all have heard this already, but there's some stuff here. Variable variable rate shading, hardware, direct X ray tracing. All right, that's the new technology that's coming through, making lighting and stuff look really, really nice. Of course, uh, solid state drive, internal hard disk, which is great. It has a feature called quick resume. Uh, I don't know the details specifically, but it lets you quickly resume your game. I think up to two or three games or something like that from a completely off state. Uh, That's pretty much in part, thanks to the SSD, to be honest, Um, Comes, it loads back up real quick. Dynamic latency input. This is some new technology for the controller uh, to help with lag and input delay. So dynamic latency input, some fancy stuff there. HDMI 2.1 and 120 hertz uh, refresh rate supported. So it will be able to go up to 128 or 120 hertz if, of course, the developers build that into their game, if it's optimized for it, and if your TV can go that high. Now, I don't even want to go down this, this rabbit hole of, of if your TV can support it because... A lot of TVs, as we know, use fancy terms, true motion, refresh rate, optimization, motion blur, whatever they use. All all the TV manufacturers have a fancy term to call their 120 or high refresh rate feature. These TVs are 60, most of them are 60 Hertz and they use some DSP, digital signal processing to pretty much upscale, but kind of force it and make it look like it's 120 Hertz or true motion. You've probably heard true motion. I think that's LG or something. They use that. But, uh, so you have to really watch that. You have to look, you personally, I don't want a 60 Hertz TV and then a whole bunch of, uh, trickery fuckery going on to then like upscale it and, and put input delay and lag. And unless they've got that down to a science and it really works and it's fantastic, then cool. But ultimately you're getting 60 Hertz signal and that, that it's being processed 120 and as as things progress, as things get better and technology gets better and better on TVs, which they're doing weekly, we make it to a point to where it's not even an issue and they're releasing true 120 hertz TVs. They have them, they're they're available. They're just very very expensive. So, we're going to get to a point to where your TVs are going to be fantastic. Because usually, if you want to have high refresh rates, 144 hertz plus on a gaming monitor, you'll get a 144 hertz monitor with like a 1 millisecond delay. Um, you'll have a good contrast ratio. You'll have, um, you know, 144 Hertz and call it a day. Uh, you typically won't use that on like a, a a real TV, a big TV, but, um, you absolutely can. And if you spend the money to get the good TVs, you could have that for sure. I know people that have, and they're, they're beautiful, beautiful. Um, this is the big thing that got me Four generations. they mentioned this earlier and I have questions about this and let's, let's talk a little bit more about this. Microsoft is saying in their little blurb here, their little marketing blurb, four generations of gaming backwards compatibility. They said, here's the quote, existing Xbox one games plus backwards compatibility, 360 and original Xbox games. Okay. So I, the questions I have are like, can I put my disc in on my original Xbox games, my 360, can I put the disc in and it works? Is there going to be something I have to download, like put my disc in and then it downloads it from the cloud? Is there is there a, a small list like in a store that I can only download from because I have Xbox Game Pass? I have access to those. Like I have a lot of questions about this. If you offer compatibility from original Xbox all the way up to today, you have yourself one of the greatest fucking consoles ever. I said the same thing with Sony. If the PS5 allows you to put in your discs... From PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, and PS5. Holy fuck. Sign me up. Sign me up. This shit is day one. So this is very, very exciting. Now, here's how I think. Here's how I think it's going to go down. It's going to be like what's happening right now is there is a list of compatible games that work on your Xbox One X. All right. It's It's a series of games, a small list that they have compatibility for, and those are the only games that will work. If your game isn't on that list, it won't work. That's what I'm thinking. And I don't think you'll be able to put your disc in, even though I wish you could, I don't think you'll be able to. And I think it will be um, something that, um, if you do put your disc in, I think it will do something to like download files or compatibility or something, a patch maybe, I don't know. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. Thinking disc, iffy, but it's not going to be all of them. And it's going to be a limited So they're like selling this really hard. Please prove me wrong. Please. I want to be proved wrong so bad on this. I don't want to be right on this. I want to be able to put in any disc and have it play. That's amazing. So, but yeah, overall, the console, I love the way it looks. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's going to be a a great addition to the game room. Same thing with the PS5. Very, very excited about it. Excited to get down on it. How about that? Hey, if uh, if you are interested, speaking of Nintendo Switch, happy birthday again! If you're interested in buying a Nintendo Switch, um, now is the time to do it. Um, if you're listening to this right now and you're interested in one, there's no better time to buy one than right now because Nintendo directly they are offering uh, a refurb um, a Switch for 260 bucks. That's directly from their website and also in their eBay store. I was like, wait, wait, what eBay store? I was tripping people were posting like, dude, Nintendo on their eBay store, they're selling, they're selling switches, refurb switches. You can get it both with the red and blue Joy-Con and also with the gray Joy-Con. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? Why eBay? Why pay the eBay fees the PayPal fees and deal with all that bullshit on eBay? Fuck eBay. Like why deal with all that? Um, So I was tripping. I'm like, let's go to their website directly. Are they selling it directly? They are selling it on their website as well. So do not trip. It's just... It's another revenue stream, right? It makes it easy. Some people would rather just go to eBay, click buy now, PayPal, done. I get it. I get it. I completely get it. And Nintendo sees that too. That's why they are having it there. 40 bucks off. It comes fully refurbed with a one-year warranty from Nintendo directly. There's only a small handful of companies that I would say do not hesitate with buying refurb. Now, 98% of companies out there do not buy refurbs. Do not. Just don't do it. But Nintendo is one of them. Apple's another one. They're, they're so strict um, about their refurbs. Nintendo, they don't fuck around. If you buy a refurb, you're getting a brand new console. They go through those things completely, top to bottom, in and out. I wouldn't be surprised if I just re- they just give you a new one and just replace, like, take some parts or whatever. Like, it, the consoles are brand new. And I've gotten a refurb Wii from Nintendo directly before. And it's immaculate. It even smelled new. And you know, I smelled it. I pulled it right out of the box. What did I do? I stuck that thing right up to my, my little whiffer sniffer. And I sniffed that thing. And boy, oh boy, it smelled great. It smelled brand new. So yeah, do not hesitate. I went to their uh, eBay store at the time. This was a week and a half ago. They had uh, just under 3,000 of these sold. Here's a picture I took. Just under 3,000. And they're selling like about five to 10 an hour. So they're well over 3,000 at this point. This was the last week, but look at that. Pretty cool. It's a 32 gig model um, and a refurb. We do not hesitate. Let her rip, let her buck. They're great. Um. So did any of you use Pokemon Global Link? Last year, the Pokemon company announced that the Pokemon Global Link service would be shutting down February, 2020. And true to their word on uh, February 24th, 2020, the service officially retired. All gameplay services which required access to it in the 3DS games, uh, ranked battles, and so forth, will no longer work, although other online features such as trading and battling, which do not require PGL, will be operational still. Uh, For almost nine years, PGL served as a hub for not just online competitions and ranked battles, but many other memorable online features such as Generation V's, Dream World, Generation, uh, Pokemon uh, Mileage Club, and so on and so forth. So moving forward, I think what they're trying to do is move you all into Pokemon Home. I think that's the big thing. They want to get rid of all this extra Pokemon shit, just push you into Home. That's the main hub. Hey, look, when you have so much stuff, so many Pokemon um, elements that are out there, like they're trying to just like bring it home. Like, nope, I didn't. I did not mean that pun at all. That was stupid. I didn't mean that. I wasn't on purpose. I'm fired, yeah. They're trying to they're just try to, you know, put you all into Pokémon Home. It makes sense. And I, I didn't even use this Pokémon Global Link, but it still makes me sad, man. When when I see software being retired, when I see shit like this shutting down, it makes me incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. Really, really blows. Uh how about some tech news? Should we move right on to tech news. We're just picking them up, laying them down, folks. Bethesda has pulled out of GeForce now. This is terrible news. Terrible news for GeForce now. Again, I've mentioned it probably the last three or four episodes, so you guys should know what it is now. Oh, and also 2K. That was updated today. We just yeah. got word. 2K also pulled out. Jesus. At this point, you're almost going to be able to play, like, no Solitaire, Solitaire and um, uh, mine, uh, Minesweeper. <laughs> and uh, what's, the, what's the pinball one? It's like Space, space uh, Pinball something. What was it called? What was the Space Pinball game on Windows 95? Me too. I remember hitting the, the um space bar. space bar and it would fucking like break down because I tilted it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh so yeah, 2K and Bethesda pulls out, that really sucks. Those are that's really bad, bad news. Again, once once these developers see that GeForce now is starting to make money on their service, they're like, Yeah, you're not gonna make money on um, streaming our games. I'm sure they're gonna find a figure out a way to do it. For they are, they are. That's what I think. And I mentioned this last time on the show is they're going to say, you know what? Fuck NVIDIA for doing that. We're going to make our own Netflix style service. I mean, seriously, mark my words. Within the next year or two, we're going to see 2K. We're going to see Origin. We're going to see Bethesda. We're going to see Epic Store, Activision. We're going to see them all come into the play field and say, okay, it's five, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month. And you can stream all of our games all over the place, any device. Sign up now. We are moving towards a service-based model, folks, a service-based model. And I don't know that that's necessarily good for us as gamers, but that's the way it's going. Um, Speaking of some uh, Xbox stuff, Xbox One dashboard rolled out two weeks ago. uh, The Verge reported on this, and thank God, I hate the tiles. I hate the tiles, and I'm not the only one. Can Can I just say, before I report and talk about my notes I threw in here, Can I please find a way to just bring the Xbox 360 dashboard to my Xbox One? That's all I want. I don't even give a shit if I'm missing features. I really don't. I don't give a shit. I want the Xbox 360 dashboard with all the awesome swoosh sounds and little bloop bloop beeps and bloops. They're amazing. That was a clean, fast, and perfect dashboard. I loved it. My favorite dashboard of all time. Uh, But so they're overhauling it. The new design focuses on uh, overhauling the homepage Xbox one dashboard with frequently used games and apps and it's available immediately. It already went push. So if you go turn on your console, it will update it includes the ability to add and remove rows. Yay. Customize them further and quick access to Xbox game pass mixer and the Microsoft store. So that's all good news. Alongside the home screen, Microsoft is also allowing Xbox One owners to customize how notifications appear on screen. Yes, finally, useful feature to stop notifications from blocking content. Remember when you get a notification and it's like, boop, pops up and blocks something? You now are able to choose where those notifications show up. Oh, that's great. Six different locations on the screen. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Microsoft's also tweaking the games and apps library with this update, new icons for games with trials and demos to make it easier for you to spot them over the full game releases. That's very, very good. Um, so you don't have to like go in another deeper menu to see if it's DLC or whatnot. You kind of can see that right away. That's great. I actually have a, I mean, you guys really don't need a screenshot of it, but I got a screenshot here of it there. Funny. It's got a picture of a cute little switch down there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks nice. I mean, we still have tiles and it's still kind of annoying. But, I, I mean, as long as it's easier to navigate and as long as it's quicker. My biggest issue is that, our, And of, cor- of course, we have an original Xbox One, like the first gen or whatever. It is slow as fuck, man. When we're navigating the menu, it's just like so laggy and slow. It's trying to load stuff. And I'm just like, what? And I hear I hear the I hear the argument. I hear the yells from across the world right now. But you have an original Xbox One, Jason. You need to get the S. You need to get the Slim. You need to get the new one. You need to get the XS or whatever. You need to get, you know, and you know. Point is I have the original one. It should work fine. All right. So just relax. Put the pitchforks away. I, I shouldn't have to upgrade a whole fucking console to get my menu to work right. So chill out. I don't like it. No, but I am excited um, for all this new innovation and stuff. Very, very cool. There's a new saga in the Star Wars universe. Later this year, folks, Lucasfilm will launch an epic new era of Star Wars storytelling. It will be explored through multiple voices in adult and young adult novels, children's books, and comics from a variety of publishers, including Disney, Lucasfilm Press, Del Rey, IDW Publishing, and Marvel. Those are all the big, big guns out there. Star Wars, The High Republic which has been previously referred to as Project Luminous. It will be set in an era where the Galactic Republic and Jedi Order is about 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. So what's good about this is this period of the Star Wars timeline will not overlap any of the film features. So this allows creators and writers to explore new new areas in the Star Wars universe. So you'll be able to create your own type of fantasies in there. I think that's great. This is great. So, two hundred years before *Phantom Menace*, this allows you to do all this fun stuff. I actually have a picture of the trailer uh, a poster. Boom! Oh, that—that's the. I'll be right back. Where are we at? Here we are, right here. Very cool. Look at that. *Star Wars: High Republic* into the dark from Claudia Gray. Very, very nice. And you know what's really what's really fascinating about this is the last bit of the article says, you know, it allows writers and publishers and developers and everyone else and storytellers to, to create their own stories in the star Wars universe. Maybe stories we've never heard or even would imagine before. So I started. So of course, you know, me, I was researching. I was digging a little deeper. I said, Hey, what can I find out there? What, what writers are going to be, uh, you know, involved with the new star Wars. I think this is great. We're going to start seeing a lot of new stuff. Well, Lucky for you guys, I actually found another uh, poster from an upcoming uh, Star Wars movie uh, for this. It's going to be great. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a children's book. It's going to be a whole bunch of things. I think it's great. I'd love to show it to you here. Here it is, folks. It's Cheech and Chong's Star Wars The High Republic featuring Yoda, completely stoned, starring Snoop Dogg. Right down there, bottom left. See him there? He's smoking a fat spliff. We got Sticky Icky. We got uh, the Stormtrooper down there with a fat blunt. There they are. And uh, Cheech and Chong, look at him. Amazing. The High Republic. This is great, folks. Listen, it means that we're going to be able to have storytelling from all sorts of universes, including this one here, Cheech and Chong. The High Republic, way high. High as a kite. <laughs> well, now you knew it was coming. You knew something like that was coming. <laughs> oh, boy. I love it. Hey, you got to give me some sort of credit. You know, I spend time on these photos. All right. I spend a little time on the photos. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Too funny. Okay. It is now time, folks. Are you ready? It is now time for my favorite part of the podcast, where we jump over to the phone lines. And in fact, I have, uh, I have some really great news is I have included, I have created a brand new audio stinger for the phone lines. You want, you want to hear it? Here we go. Hello?
2: Hello? You've got voicemail.
1: All
0: right, let's jump right in.
1: Hey Jason, it's Clive. how's it going? Um, I have a crazy, crazy story that literally just happened to me about 30 minutes ago, and I'm pissed. Okay, so this is what happened. I went to GameStop, I pre-ordered the Mega Man Zero XZ Legacy Collection for the Switch. I'm a huge Mega Man fan, so I'm like, okay, this is great, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna pre-order the game. This is the thing. Okay. So I went in there and I pre-ordered my game. I even traded games in, you know, to cover the cost. Mm. So, and this was a week ago. Okay. So I go in today, the game the day of the game's release, okay? So I go in and the girl can't find it. The girl cannot find my pre-order. She, I know where this she is going. The cannot find the pre-order. And I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm patiently waiting, patiently, whatever, you know, I have nowhere I have to be. She comes back, and she's on the phone, she's talking to somebody, blah, 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 and I overhear like, like, she, they don't have it, like, they don't, they do not have my pre-order, uh, and, like, I, I instantly, be like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, this is B.F., and, you know, she's talking to whoever she's talking to. I assume it's, like, a manager or something. I don't know. But, you know, she gets off the phone, and she tells me, she's like, yeah, so we got two copies in uh, of the game, and... One was picked up, and I think the other one was sold to somebody who didn't have a pre-order. And mm. like, I just looked at this girl, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and you know, it's not her fault. I get it, whatever. But I like, right, I looked right. at this girl, and I instantly snapped. I'm like, "You got to be!" <laughs> I don't want to swear. I'm like, "You got to be bleeping kidding me!" And like, I'm yelling at this girl, like, and like, I'm so angry, Jason. They're like, they sold my pre, and this isn't the first time. This is literally the third oh, time. Fuck. That this particular GameStop, I pre-ordered something and they sold my item the day of its yeah, the release. The that's first terrible. First two times were uh, action figures that I pre-ordered, but this time it was an actual game. And I just looked at this woman and I was like, "You have to be kidding me! You had you got two pre-orders in. You one was picked up and you sold the other one." She's like, "Yeah, like, uh, like I just talked to the manager and you know." <laughs> He the was socks, working dude, this yeah. morning, and he said to me, um, yeah, both were sold this morning, and he thinks what happened was uh, when he sold yours, he didn't check the pre-orders.
0: I'm going to pause that real quick. They only got two in? What kind of shit is that? What 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 store only gets two in? That doesn't make sense, dude. They sold them all. They didn't give a fuck. Okay, we're going to
1: continue. He just, he just took it out of the, the I don't know where to keep the game in play. Like, he just took it out and sold it without checking the pre-orders. So what she said is like the manager will come in uh tomorrow and what he'll do is he'll call the warehouse to get oh, yeah. me, you know, get my copy. He'll he'll get another one shipped to me. And I just said, yeah, I just said, screw it. No, I'm going to cancel my pre-order on Mega Man. I'm going to buy it on Amazon because they're reliable. And then what I also did is I canceled my pre-order for Animal Crossing because, mm. you know, I reserved that as well. And I just walked out. Um, but now I have, like, a, a $50 gift card to GameStop that, like, is kind of useless to me because, like, I never want to go to GameStop again, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm just so frustrated. So, um, sorry for this being a long, long message. I, I just, I I had to rant, Jason. I just had to rant. So, uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: No, man, I, I get it, Clive. I get it. And that's, you know, the thing is, number one, just stop going to that GameStop. There's 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 nothing that you're going to be able to do there. And it's unfortunate because I know I know people that work at GameStop that are really trying, they're doing their best, they're great, genuinely awesome people, and they have a very difficult position, right? They have the corporate who are desperate. They're they're basically trying to scrounge for table scraps at this point, and they're putting a lot of pressure on their managers, which then trickles down to their staff and all the employees. And it's a really really sad and difficult situation, and I understand that. This is no excuse for that. I'm not making excuses for him. Cliva, you know, you, you guys listen to all gen gamers. I was known as the Game Stopper. I would go to GameStop because it was close to me. And every time I was, it's funny, every time I went in, something like this happened. In fact, it happened so much that I would go in there just to get a story, to like to talk about what happened and then come home and then rant about it. And I was known as the Game Stopper. That's exactly it. It's very, very frustrating. And um, you did the right thing, cancel your pre orders left the store just do not go back to that GameStop man It's really sad I hate hearing about this sort of thing it happens to a lot of us and there are stores out there and I know when I talk about this stuff or I hear stuff horror stories like this I do get people that write in um and say hey actually like my GameStop is amazing and the staff there are incredible or like hey I work at GameStop and I don't operate that way and we need more people like that and, and we all appreciate those of you who take the initiative and actually go the extra mile for the customer for us for the gamers And that means a lot to us. So Clive, sorry that happened to you. It's absolute horse shit. I I know it sucks. And it happens to us all the time. Stop going to that GameStop, dude. Oh, and another thing too, what you could do, you have this gift card now. Um, just throw it up on offer up or something. Just be like, hey, and and sell it for like five bucks less or something. Just be if you got fifty bucks, be like, hey, it's forty bucks, forty five bucks. And sorry, you may just have to take a loss on that. You know what I mean? Like that's the only way you're gonna do it. Or maybe trade. Maybe somebody wants to trade for it. That's probably the best. Actually, that's probably the best route. Just put it up there and be like, hey, I got 50 bucks GameStop gift card. It's legit. Here's a number. You can w- you can call it up. You can offic- you can make it official and see that it's there. I'm looking for figures. I'm looking for games, I'm looking for whatever. And maybe just make a trade with somebody. That would probably be a good. That's probably what I would do because fuck going back there. You know what I mean? And it's sad that Amazon is actually more reliable. And, you know, we go in there for the GameStop pre-orders uh, bonus stuff. That's what we go in there for. We want that exclusive shit. And they don't even have it. They sell it or they give it away, or they keep it themselves. Who knows what they do? So it's really, really frustrating. I'm sorry to hear that, but it really, really sucks. Okay, and actually, we have another call from Clive. He sent them at two different times. Uh, so I'm going to play the, the other one here. Another.
1: Hey, Jason, yeah. it's your boy, Clive. Hey, I was just listening to your podcast, and I wanted to comment. Uh, you were talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and you, say, you were saying that um, you think they purposely made him, like, ugly and with human teeth just so they could, like, anger the internet and they could fix it later. Um, I don't know how true that is because I'm, I'm coming at this from a toys perspective. I'm a huge toy guy. And the toys for Sonic the Hedgehog, they're, they have Sonic of the old design. Mm. And they're not doing very well. Oh. Mainly because he doesn't look like Sonic anymore. He doesn't, you know, he, it's the old Sonic. It's not the new one. So okay. when they made the decision to change Sonic to the better-looking one—it was too late for the toys that were already in production oh, and they already being, <laughs> you know, shipped out to stores and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know your theory of like them purposely making Sonic ugly just so they could, you know, go ahead and make changes later. I think they really wanted to go with that ugly design, but then when the internet flipped out rightfully so yeah i
0: agree completely then they yeah. changed it totally um
1: because like if you look at the sonic the hedgehog toys no one's buying them like yeah. they just it, they look ugly they look just horrendous and it's if they were too late they were like in production so um like i don't know if that's the reason or if your you know your reason or my reason is correct um i just was going to throw in that uh that toys perspective yeah. because a lot of movies you know they make their money off merchandising mm-hmm. and you know, if like the Sonic the Hedgehog toys are not doing well. Um, it's cause of that old design, you know, like they, I don't know why they would purposely do that. I think, you know, they made a mistake.
0: Yeah. They screwed the <laughs> pooch. Right. Yeah. Love
1: the podcast. I'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: This is why I love being able to take voicemails and talk to the community like this. Clive, thank you for sending that in and actually clearing that up. That completely debunks my theory. It's totally inaccurate. Yours, what you said there, that's completely accurate. And that's amazing to know. I had no idea about the toys. If those toys are the old Sonic, dude, they really were going for that model. That's fucking crazy to me. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. It's such an ugly ass Sonic. Wow, amazing. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if they're going to re-release new toys. If they do, that would probably mean the old Sonic stuff in time might be more valuable more collectible something to think about something to consider i'm not suggesting going and buying an ugly ass sanic but uh i mean you never know you never know I, that could be all, all part of it Clive, thanks for the call i really appreciate that man all right we're gonna go ahead and jump right back into the phones and of course we have another call from the voicemail maniac my man cameron and i wanted to go ahead and take his call but then i thought you know what instead of taking the voicemail how awesome would it be just to get his ass on the program for realsies? So, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to announce my first guest. And as we're celebrating our one-year anniversary, this is a very special moment. Cameron, hello and welcome to Heine House Live.
2: Jason, hey, what's going on, man? It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be your first guest and to also be appearing on your podcast which I listen to religiously. So thanks for having me on. Sir. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, it actually I said this earlier but it kind of snuck up on us. I didn't even realize that it was yesterday, actually the 7th, that we celebrated 1 year I launched the show, which is just crazy to me to think about. 44 episodes in, 1 year anniversary, and it has just been such a blast and um yeah, I just I'm really happy to celebrate that and bring you on too cuz you're always you always send in a voicemail well, at least for like the last five or six episodes at least. Mm -hmm. And you you send over great questions, deep questions that really spark lots of great conversation. And so on like the last, I think it was like two weeks ago, I was like, dude, you know what? I got to bring you on. Like, let's just have a talk because you talk about so many great things. And we talked about your EverDrive. We talked about your Genesis stuff and your Sega stuff. And then your question that you submitted uh, recently was talking about video game soundtracks and a bunch of stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. like, let's just let's just have a conversation i think the people will enjoy it and have a great great time listening so do you want me to play your uh question do you remember what it is or i mean let's just ask it real time i guess that might make the most sense
2: sure yeah i can i can ask uh, ask again real time um first i want to congratulate you on uh your game soundtrack uh being a, a musician myself that is one of those sort of i don't know lifelong kind of dreams to have your music, your own music in a video game. So congratulations on that. Um,
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: And what that, uh, you know, that kind of sparked, uh, my, I guess, question for this week. And, um, that question is, it is, what are your favorite game soundtracks and slash? Is there an era of uh, gaming music that, I don't know, that kind of strikes you as being the most interesting or your favorite or do, you know, is there a particular time period that kind of floats your boat as far as game soundtracks go?
0: And I I just think that's just a wonderful, wonderful question. OST soundtracks for games is something that, again, uh, we could we could literally spend probably a, a whole episode, like a solid like hour and a half, two hours, just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- uh, not that we're going to, but <laughs> I feel that. Um, <laughs> I feel that there, there was a, for me personally, I think there was a magical time, what I call like the magical time in gaming. Some people will refer to that as like the golden years of gaming and to everyone that's different. And I accept that. I think that's great. You know, for depending on how old you are, some people say, well, the 80s, you know, the early 80s and the birth of like arcades and coming to be in the late 80s. And then some people, it's like, you know, the 90s, you know, when we went into, you know, 3D games and, and the fighting mm-hmm. game genre and stuff like that. And then some people, it's like later on in the late 90s and 2000s when it's like you know, we moved into HD and, you know, we have all these, you know, over the top light gun games and shooters and racing and it's all over the top. But uh, uh, talking about soundtracks, for me, I think like the real golden age for soundtracks and gaming really was in like the mid, mid-90s, mid mid and early 90s when the 16-bit stuff really, really speaks to me. Stuff on mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo I think the music that was around for you know that generation of gaming is so so special. I mean not just like Super Nintendo specifically. That stands out the most to me, but also like the PlayStation, you know the PS1, you know we had Saturn that was there. We also had the arcade which had mm-hmm. amazing games and amazing uh, audio. I mean they they had audio hardware in arcades that we just didn't have on home consoles or or even PCs yet. So we were get, actually getting Great audio in the arcade with, uh, uh, what is the DCS sound system? Uh, four channels of mono audio. They split them up. Like there was a lot of really, really great stuff happening all around. I know I'm dancing around your question here. I feel bad. <laughs> but what, so for me, top, like top soundtrack. A lot of people know this about me already, but like the Donkey Kong Country franchise has probably some of the best music in video gaming. Personally, for me, Donkey Kong Country 1, Donkey Kong Country 2, those stand... The Test of Time, David Wise and his entire team of people, man, like in, incredible music that that probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite video game soundtrack to mm-hmm. date. What about you? What, what stands out for you?
2: Well, I'll kind of uh, echo your point. I would probably say, you know, early mid 90s is, is my my favorite, probably because we were kind of grew up gaming around the same time. It was so um,
0: magical, wasn't it? Just that time. Yeah.
2: It it really was, and I mean, also just yeah, Donkey Kong Country. You know what's funny? I I just uh, thought about this. Is I mean, first party Nintendo games have almost always had like really good music. Like they did not. Uh, you know, just thinking even like uh, like menus and stuff on on uh, Nintendo devices, like a uh, the and like little kind of just sort of insignificant things. Like each menu had its own great uh music and like for the Wii or, or whatever any anything kind of modern as far as that goes like Nintendo's totally. has always had yeah. just great great music and great presentation um i mean as far as the, like my favorite era like i think like i just said the early to mid 90s a lot of uh 16-bit stuff um you know and i think we we both kind of made this point before is uh even back in the Nintendo times when music, they could finally do stuff with music versus say Atari, Um, you know, it sounded like real music is Mm -hmm. they, they had a limited uh, sort of color palette, so to speak. And they had to really have strong melodies and strong, you know, uh, rhythm, et cetera. Like for, you know, Mega Man, that's a great example. Those are such memorable songs and not a whole lot of, uh, you know, the technology was not that advanced where they had, really had to pack in a lot, with what they had available. Um, so, you know, going back to gosh, super Nintendo, like the, the music, um, with, what comes to mind is final fantasy three slash six. Oh, you know,
0: so good. Yeah.
2: Just, uh, you know, just some of those boss themes and just like the, the beginning music, opening music, just, just super Epic. Um,
0: yeah. The intro I, on that, like as, as, as they're walking, like the extended long intro and it's playing Terrace theme back there. like, it's just mm-hmm. honestly like games don't even really do that anymore, right? They don't have this huge right. buildup anymore, right? And yeah, uh, it's amazing.
2: And uh, I mean, yeah, that's that game is in my top five of all time, just you know, because of just the just the presentation, like you said, is unbelievable. It's, it's, it was so cinematic, whereas where games back then were not typically. Remotely cinematic, you know, I mean, right. Right. It was truly an epic game where you're, when you spend the, what, like it was probably 69, 79, 99 back then. And you know, that those games were real expensive.
0: They were for the time. That's gotta be over a hundred bucks in today's money, you know? Oh, Oh yeah.
2: Um, and I guess, uh, and you know, it's they're I guess they're a bargain now, right? If they're they're essentially the same price, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so, so crazy to think about. Yeah, exactly. Like shit, man. If you can, if you can find, you know, final fantasy three or, you know, I, I don't even know the prices of them, but I know like chrono trigger and Mario RPG and all those great, great RPGs of the 16 bed days, man. Yeah. You find those for around a hundred bucks. You're, you're happy as a clam. You're happy right. as a pig and shit, you know? <laughs>
2: Uh, exactly.
0: Um, and I just also kind
2: of echo or, or mention that, uh, you know, I think it, it might also be just the, the times where you mentioned arcades, you know, like the, a lot of the beat 'em ups of that era had just mm-hmm. really awesome soundtracks. Um, so, uh, you know, 3DO, it was one of those consoles that I know you're a fan. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I was, I was one one of the only people that I know of that ended up getting one of those when they were out, which I, I think I still kind of feel bad about my grandpa spending that much money back then on it.
0: Oh my God. You um, baller. Holy shit. Yeah. That was, uh, he would have, I think he spent, what is it? 700 or 800 bucks or something like that. I, I think, think
2: it, was. it was, I think initially it was either not 999 or 899. And I think oh, it went Jesus. down in price to like six or 799. So yeah, he's, he probably spent a grand, if you know, in today's dollars, if not a little more. Yeah, my, it came with guess. one
0: con- one controller and like no games, right? I don't think it came with any games. Did it? I don't think I so. Don't,
2: no, I think it, it it actually did come with Twisted, I believe. Oh, the game okay, show. cool. Yeah. I think that that was the pack in and maybe a demo disc, which I actually played a lot. The <laughs> yeah, demo no disc, doubt. <laughs> you know, you know, you know how that is when you when the, you only have two games, you're playing that demo disc a whole bunch.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're uh, not you're not going to get another game for a while, you know.
2: Right exactly um so yeah that arrows 3do the there's a uh, even like the one of the games i got with got with the console Pe- pebble beach golf links just mm. has this uh, like that kind of cool like synthy early 90s infomercial kind of soundtrack which is for some reason super charming to me i don't know what it is about that it might be nostalgia
0: well you had me at 90s synthy <laughs> piano like i need to check that out i think i might like that
2: yeah, you should check that out. Um, and uh, also, like, uh, let's see, I guess, you know, Sega CD, TurboGrafx-16 CD, When they, the early CD consoles, when they were putting, um, you know, actual Redbook audio with the game, where the game would be pretty much the equivalent or maybe slightly enhanced versus, mm-hmm. like, say, the cartridge version. And, uh, you know, like in the case of Sega CD, and then you'd get the uh, Sega CD version, they put a whole new soundtrack on there and it'd have actual like guitars or whatever. And, uh, you know, actual instruments, which really just kind of, it, it even blows me away today. Cause that's such a cool use of the technology. You know, I mean, we kind of nowadays it's just a whole different, you can put whatever you want on games there's so much more storage available and the technology is way more advanced. But back then, you know, when you had cut scenes and actual, you know, CD quality music, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah,
0: it really was. You know, you said a lot of amazing points in there about having it be, back in the day, it was, you were, you had a limitation and you had Mm -hmm. to be creative. You had to be more, I don't want to say more creative. That sounds really bad. But in a way, you kind of had to be more creative and almost very innovative with how you were making your compositions. Like Because like you said, you only had so much to work with Mm -hmm. and you had to make the song memorable and also stand out on its own with the limitation and you can hear this in games like mega man and so forth and you can hear some games where it's just like it's terrible it's like two notes and it's just like (laughs) like just like what the fuck am i listening to where they just didn't invest the energy or didn't have someone creative doing it or what whatever the case may be they don't they don't mess with it but then you have games like you know mega man to where they're memorable i mean steph yesterday goes We were were cleaning the house. I got my family coming in town next week. They're all going to be here. So we're like vacuuming, like we're cleaning the carpets, we're dusting, we're doing all kinds of stuff. And she's like, I want to hear video game music. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, cool. I'm like, what do you want to hear? And she's like, I'm really feeling Mega Man. So I went to YouTube and there's a playlist that has all the Mega Mans, like one through I think 10 um, Mm -hmm. on there. So I just put it on. We let that thing play for like four hours, dude. I just turned it up. I put it through my big speakers. We're just fucking jamming out. Like, and it feels good. Like, it's amazing when you hear the melodies of what they came up with. You know, like, the percussion and drums, mm-hmm. you know, that shit, they have, like, one channel to do that, and you know what it is? It's all just pink noise, right? Oh, really? Yeah, so they can, they, like, make the hi-hat just a short, like, sh- from, like, pink noise, and, like, huh. the like a lot of it's, like, weird static and shit, and they can, like, manipulate it and make hi-hats and snares, changing the pitch of, like, the the... Um, they pitch it up to make a snare like it's it blows me away what they did man they got so wow. creative with it so yeah like you you really said it man you really said it
2: yeah that's amazing you know gosh just just thinking back like uh i wouldn't even know where to begin if if i got that uh they're like well here's the sounds you can use you're gonna have to make your own sounds uh and you have this much space or whatever and uh, we need the soundtrack for this game and uh yeah go go ahead
1: yeah, yeah good just luck
2: That's crazy. You know, and I have a a little bit of experience with uh, music for other media like commercial and film. Um, But, yeah, I I couldn't imagine having to do like video game music for back in the day or even now. I mean, that would be just such a such a task. You know, I I could I wouldn't know where to start. So, I mean, yeah, congratulations for once again for your your accomplishment in that. You know, that's a huge, huge sort of life life uh, accomplishment, man. So that's awesome.
0: Thank you, Cam. Yeah, man. No, I, I really appreciate that. And I said this earlier in the beginning of the show, I had a little blurb about it, but like out of everything I've done in like my adult life and my entertainment stuff, like mm-hmm. this has really become probably my greatest achievement up to this point, just because it's, it involves a team of people that I grew up playing their games. One, you mm-hmm. know, um, I believe in those types of games. Those games shaped my adult gaming life, and I'm able to actually be a part of this team and communicate directly with like the audio guys and like we bouncing ideas off each other, like they're telling me like what the concept is, you know, and like working with them. and then being able to, on the technical side, they come at me with some technical shit. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, let me hop Mm -hmm. in here. Let me, let me cut this. Let me chop this, you know, here, let me, what sample rate you need, you know, what format do you need it in? Like I can deliver, like, it's just, dude, it's like the perfect, it's the perfect combination of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't want to bore everyone by talking about (laughs) it, but, but truly it's, it's, it's really a, a amazing thing. I'm so, so happy and very thankful. And, um, like I said before, if there's, if there's one thing anyone can take away from this. It's that don't be afraid to go out and sell yourself. Don't be afraid to take that leap or, or, or do that one thing that you think might be a little edgy or uncomfortable or go outside the box. Like Don't be afraid to just be confident and put your foot down. I know, I know when you're confident, when you're confident on something, people sometimes take that as, you know, you're arrogant or whatnot, or, you know, they look down on it because they're like, you know... oh. Well, who the fuck does this guy think he is? You know, cause again, we're just everyday people. But in yeah. some cases, if you know, you can do something and you have something to offer and you know, you can do it. You're not bullshitting or even if maybe you are bullshitting a little bit, you want to get in there, <laughs> you can right. still do that. Right. It still can happen. And this is all that was, was a YouTube comment. And really? I, just sold, I sold myself to the team. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's, that's incredible, man. That's, that's, yeah, that's sort of a good life lesson. You know, it it's- is
0: dude. It doesn't just apply here everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's so many things that,
2: uh, you may be, you know, that's when you grow as a person, when you're uncomfortable doing things and trying new things and it's, it's easy to get stuck in your comfort zone and to sort of, you know, think about or to not, uh, be confident about your abilities, even though you're good at what you do. So man, kudos for that. That's a great lesson to anybody who wants to just push, put yourself out there and you know, you can get ninety nine no's, and then all it takes is one yes, and your whole whole life can change. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: totally, totally. Um, but uh, just getting back to some soundtrack stuff, I actually made a few notes of stuff like when we and you said it too, getting into CD based. Like when we went to CD and Redbook Book audio, the mm. audio quality. And this this also could be a controversial comment, right? The audio got way better; it got high quality. You know, like yes, it did technically. Doesn't mean that it's better, no. Right. But it means that the audio quality, which is different than actually a composition, right? Because, um, like, I will uh, pretty much nine times out of ten, like I'll, I'll go listen to a Super Nintendo soundtrack or something, or Genesis or NES or whatever. You know, like I love that it sounds appealing and appeasing to the ears, but. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I wrote here, like, Destruction Derby on PS1. That was, like, the second game I owned on the console when it came out. I had Ridge Racer, which came with the console, and then I got Destruction Derby. And, dude, like, to hear real instrumentation, and that had, like, lots of techno and stuff, and, like, kind of house-type stuff. It changed the gameplay completely. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this is real music. This sounds so, so good. And I would even take that. um, Most people... I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you can take the CD, the disc itself, and you can put it in your CD player and you can play the soundtrack in like a disc, Mm -hmm. a disc player, your computer, boombox. So no one has boombox anymore. But, you know, (laughs) I mean, I might, but that's just me.
2: (laughs) Right. Man, it's funny. I wonder if, I mean, uh, do new cars even uh, do most new cars even have CD players anymore? I honestly
0: don't know. I mean, the newest car we have is from 2010, so I don't know. Uh, I really don't.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. What's funny is I actually have right now. I have a Sega CD game called Soul Feast, I think, and that's uh, I have that in my in my car. I was listening to the music going to work.
0: Yeah, you do. See, (laughs) fucking gamer right here. I love it.
2: (laughs) That's right. Um. So yeah, you know, it's uh. I think what it what it what it was is, you know, I, I think maybe the turning point for me at least with game music is when. A lot of the games, I'm just thinking of like Crazy Taxi, used, you know, bands to put their, you know, or like Tony Hawk games had actual like bands. And oh yeah,
0: licensed stuff, yeah.
2: Right, licensed stuff, yeah, thank you. Um, and that stuff is memorable, but at least to me, there'll be nothing more memorable than, than music made specifically for a game, you know, and uh, having, having an actual composer do that job and come up with something that fits the game perfectly it's just, uh, there's nothing I think you can really top that. And it's such a huge part of the experience. I mean, you know, if you take the music away from most games, except for maybe Silent Hill, but you have t- so like tons of so- sound effects and, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of
0: thing. The ambience on that one, yeah.
2: Exactly. The, you know, they, they, a lot of those you know, soundtracks create such an amazing mood and, and uh, sort of feel to these games. Um, yeah, it's a uh, sound soundtracks are super important. So I, that's why I wanted to bring that question up. Uh, I know you're a huge music fan and a musician. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, we can all agree that music in, in games is uh, super important to the experience.
0: Really? Totally. Completely agree. I mean, how about even like the early, like Konami, like, uh, like yeah, turtles yeah. in time or, you know, wild guns. There's such great music throughout. Right. Yeah. Hey,
2: well, what's funny you mentioned Konami. There are a lot of companies that are known for their music, for good music. Like you know, if you're going to get a Konami game, or you know, 16-bit era, or even before, you know, you're, the music, like Contra. I mean, great music. Contra games. Capcom. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Mega Man. You know, great music. Uh, they really knew to bring the entire package. They knew not to skimp on the music or or, or anything. They knew how important music was. Um, so, and then you know, of course, Square. Squ- I guess SquareSoft. Back in the day, with the uh, Final Fantasy games, all, all the RPGs always pretty much brought, brought it with great music. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like we could, like, we could make a whole episode.
0: Yeah, on- and maybe maybe we will. Maybe we'll sit down sometime and just talk about. We'll make a list of like different <laughs> games from different consoles and talk about them. Like, I think it'd be great. I think we really should because it's a it's a whole it's a whole topic in itself for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely, man.
0: Yeah, so folks, hey, if you have. Anything to say or add to that, if, you know, maybe that's a great one too. If you, what are some of your favorite video game soundtracks? Why are they your favorite? What stands out? Um, you know, we obviously missed basically 89 and percent of all the great soundtracks out there, but we'd love to hear from you. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. 503-908-5490. You can also record yourself on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever have you, and uh, email it. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, get that going. Of course, we have website there, HeineHouse.com. Great thriving Discord community. A lot of great stuff going on in there. So uh, check that out on my website. Uh, Cameron, is there, is there anything else? Like, do, you wanna, do, you have a, do you have a website or do you do anything or do you want to plug <laughs> anything? I didn't even, didn't even ask if you maybe want to plug something or let people know what's going on. Uh, it's up to you. You don't have to. No oh, pressure. Man, you know?
2: I used to be a lot more... I guess I uh, have a lot more sort of creative uh, – I do put more stuff out there, you know. But I do have, I guess, an Instagram if you're into music into, into music gear mostly. Cool. It's uh, the Boss Pedal Project. Just look that up on Instagram. And I, I have a band called uh, Atma Weapon, which is one of the bosses in Final Fantasy III. So uh, you can look us up. We're on Bandcamp. Uh, just look up Atma Weapon. And I think that's about it, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. It was, it was a pleasure and, uh, looking forward to listening to this episode at work. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, you're going to hang with me. We're going to go out to the very end of this. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Why not? I'm going to pop up the, the brand new slide for Patreon. Of course, Cameron, thank you for joining Patreon. I think you joined two weeks ago now. I did, appreciate indeed. the support, bud. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and of course I have a brand new slide. Look at it. Isn't it gorgeous? It's just gorgeous. Um, and of course I got all the tiers on there. So you can see the ground floor, main floor, the game lofters up there. And of course, shout out to all the incredible support from all the friends here. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, Ryan, and Justin. Thank you for that support on the old game lofters and everyone else there. Um, patreon.com slash Jason Heine. And we're welcoming, I'm going to, you won't be able to hear it, uh, Because I don't have it (laughs) feed it in But there's going to be a round of applause here We're welcoming Mr. Clive Robertson to Patreon Thank you, sir And as such That now means, folks, we have hit the milestone 30 total patrons I want another round of applause here Yeah, baby Perfect So thank you all so, so much for your support. Yes. Let's keep it going. Rock and roll. Let's get up there. Let's get to 50 and uh, let's, let's just keep rocking. This is beautiful. Love it. Uh, also have kind of the new backdrop here. A few things added some sound ending around and also have the new mic flag. A lot of cool stuff. You have to check it out, Cam. You'll see it on the feed. A lot of cool stuff going on awesome. around here. So, uh, folks, I think that's about it. We're going to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have an amazing rest of your day. And we'll catch you on the next episode. See you later.